Hello, beautiful cats and kittens. This is Greg for the Awesome Village, trying out something new. And joining me is... I don't know point to. So this is hard <laughs> for me to point at people. Yeah. So what you can't see right now is I'm pointing at everyone, but we're not in the same place. So we have John. Glenn, yeah, I'm here. Hello. Um, what we're doing right now is we're doing, the, for the first time ever, Skype. We're trying to uh, social distance here, so we're recording this audio... Uh, via Skype call, so uh, bear with us. Some of the quality might be a little bit different, but uh, as you can see, fun stuff like that's going to happen because this is the first time that we've done this. And Greg, I don't think I'm actually recording this call because right when I press the button, it just kind of said about to record, and then it just says Eldred is recording the call, and my little record and stop record button disappeared. So I'm wondering if maybe only one of us can record at a time. It's possible. Okay, so you're recording. There we you go. You learn. Okay. Yep. yep. Quarantine edition. Quarantine edition it is. So, uh, guys, what have you guys done the hell you guys? past two weeks? Fuck. Well, uh, Ryan, it almost, it almost and like doing schoolwork. Uh, Sam bleeped you out. <laughs> yeah. It might have. Been hanging out in my house. Yeah. Trying to, trying to find something to stay busy so I don't lose my mind. Yeah, lots of that's projects. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm kind of doing, projects around the house. I installed Man. a new toilet in my house. You installed a new toilet. I did. That's some shit. Yep. It was afterwards. <laughs> I, I re-caulked my bathtub. Get the caulk out of here. Uh, and and today I bought some hooks and I mounted our uh, Disney coffee mugs on the wall. <laughs> nice. Good mounting. I purchased the DVDs. Ryan what did you do with them? Um, I haven't done anything with them yet, but when I did it before, he's like, I looked online to sell them, and I mean, there's the places where you can sell them online were either like going to give me 15 cents for them, or they said they didn't want them at all. So I ended up just giving a bunch of them before to Goodwill. Because uh. I mean, I know you can send them to to get like you can make get digital copies and stuff, but I mean, you still got to end up paying for that shit, like a few right. five or six bucks. And I mean, I was purging movies that. I had to like look at it and be like, honestly, am I ever going to watch this again? Probably not, you know, because we, you know, we borderline have a problem with buying movies. All of us, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm kind of cured of that problem, Lily. Yeah. Ever I've since streaming copies of stuff now. Yeah. yeah. With streaming stuff and stuff, I don't buy movies anymore. Yeah. With Joe Exotic. Yeah. All right. We'll get to in a bit. That man. Gotta get that man out of prison. <laughs> you might. You did you try to order any of his music video DVDs? No, I didn't. I didn't even think about it. I'm sure YouTube <laughs> has a plethora of, of beautiful videos to watch of him. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Maybe he'll. Uh, maybe he'll sign a, a, an album for you, Ryan. We can only hope. <laughs> Are you still watching Crocodile Dundee 2, Ryan? That is a phenomenal film. No, that's over. Oh. <laughs> that was a great film. Ryan, you know, you're clearly yeah, watching I something turned it off on this podcast. That, <laughs> no, I'm listening to you guys. I'm trying not to because I'm trying. I'm trying to focus on the sound because it keeps breaking up. So I'm, I'm trying to pay attention to what you guys are saying. Gotcha. But uh, the last thing of Crocodile Dundee two was uh, the the indigenous was eating a, a bat and I turned it off. Oh, that's <laughs> fitting. It need, it needs garlic. Yeah. Well, I, I learned the other day, my dad walked in the house, right. and uh, my dad was watching Pretty Woman, and I am amazed at how well my dad knows that movie, apparently, because he was like, oh, he's going to say this next. And I'm like, really? <laughs> oh, so uh, I guess I can fill y'all in. Did, did I tell you the follow-up I got from uh, from, from Disney? Please, oh, after, after, after your, uh, your, your... Is this your, about the sinking? Your boat sinking. Yes, yes. So, uh, our, I, I, our listeners are dying to hear about this. So, so yeah, so we had we hadn't heard anything. So, um, I found out I found an email for Disney like guest services. So I just sent a little message and I said, "Hey, um, I know things are crazy right now, but I just want to make sure you know we were on the boat that sank, and um, you know we were told we were going to get contacted and we never did i understand if you know y'all have staff, staffing issues right now i just don't want to get uh, lost in the shuffle and 
somebody emailed me back like two days later and uh, said, I'm going to research this for you. But it might take us a while to get back to you because, you know, a lot of our staff is gone. And two days later, I got a, a message saying um, uh, I reached out to my uh, colleagues in the Magic Kingdom and they took everyone's contact information that day as a precaution, but later determined it was not necessary to contact everybody. I apologize if uh, you were led to believe you would be contacted. So and your response was, fuck you. Uh, my response was my, I was led to believe because they flat out told me I would be contacted. And then uh, I, I think the, the way I worded it was I took the guy at my, at his word because it's Disney. It's not like it was six flags or universal, but I guess I was wrong. Oh, good line. And, yeah. um, yeah, so I got a message back two days later that that apologized and said, since um, since it seems one of your days on your trip was messed up, we're going to give you, your wife, and your daughter a uh, one one day park hopper ticket that's good for the next five years. One day. Yeah. Which I mean, honestly. Huh. A one-day park hopper ticket for me, Sandra and Felicity. That's probably about three hundred and fifty dollars. So, but yeah, one that's day. That's That's not good enough. Our uh, our friend of the show, Bruce, wanted to send them a demand letter. Get him on that shit. <laughs> the only problem with that though is Glenn's wife I mean, you know, does some stuff with it. Just ruins travel. It was pretty a traumatizing day. Yeah. But I. I I do want to say, um, right while the story is is going on, all I see is the top of Ryan's head like a majestic potato. The majestic potato. That should be. That's a good wrestling name. That might be the name of the episode. <laughs> hey Greg, if we had, if we if we were like all the Doctor Who group, would would Ryan be Strax? That is fucking definitely yes, know, definitely. I don't understand that time. <laughs> he is a majestic, angry potato. I don't know. He's this little guy. He's a, he's a Santoran who's an alien race in Doctor Who, and he's he's kind of looks like a potato with a big bald head. And his 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 advice of how to handle any situation is to destroy whatever it is. Mm. He just, he just wants to kill and destroy everything. That's the sir. So, but yeah, so yeah, that's uh, I know a little anticlimactic for the for the Disney story, but that's how it ended. Well, that's yeah. not over yet. It's not it's, over. Okay. <laughs> you guys gotta you guys gotta follow through. That's bullshit. <laughs> a one day park hopper? That's bullshit. I don't know. I thought the line about six flags in Universal was pretty good. Yeah. It, if you really want to get some results, in all seriousness, take this shit to social media. I've heard that. I've, that's what somebody said. Just go on Twitter. They'll they they take it much more seriously. Fuck. But I don't want to mess up go to Sandra's f- little travel agency. Yeah. But that's the thing. I mean, this is. I don't know, man. Go on social media and, like, call them out or at least give them one more chance because, I don't know, a boat sinking with your baby on board? <laughs> I mean, for Christ's sakes. And they give you a, a one day park hopper? That's garbage. And, and that's because I contacted them. Exactly. To you, are you? I mean, and again, you were trying to be nice, saying you know we're in the middle of this this virus bullshit. But the fact that they said, "Oh, we're sorry, you you, you were led to believe someone would contact you," that's not going to happen. I'm like, that's ridiculous. And just, but also, just working in customer service, knowing what's going on right now. I mean, I think that is kind of shitty for Disney customer service. But what the guy said to you, it was probably he actually asked one of his supervisors, and his supervisor said, "We're all this shit going on. I don't give a fuck about that." I know that's. I was kind of thinking the same thing. And he and he worded it the way he did when he sent it to you. Yeah. I'm actually making a list right now of uh, of companies that are treating their employees well or that are giving great customer service, and the opposite, so that after this all is all over with, I know who to give my money to. Yeah. Oh, from what I hear, not Hobby Lobby. I've heard that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. What are they doing to those people? Well, they refused to close because the founder's wife said God told them to stay open. Are you serious right now? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. So uh, that's also, the only reason they're. That's the only reason they're staying open. From from well, what I heard, 
<laughs> and also GameStop like was ridiculously resistant to doing anything other than operating normal business hours, despite like store managers being on their conference calls and saying, we're really worried about our health and safety. And so like they actually had a, a in Boston, they had to basically have a, like government intervention to make their stores close in Boston. Yeah. And wasn't there something about them telling their employees to just put plastic bags over your hands or something? Yeah. Yeah. You can't maintain social distancing in a fucking GameStop. No. <laughs> like a phone booth. You got that? <laughs> yes. So uh, let's dive into some of the things that we've been watching. We've had some time and we've we've seen some things and we've, we've been mission to talk about stuff because we've been not doing this as regularly. So uh, we're going to talk about some things and – the one I kind of want to get to first is this one because it was fascinated me when I uh, when I first heard the concept of it. It's the first show that's actually did something new while uh, everyone's been kind of on lockdown, and that's WrestleMania. Yeah, they went through. Vince doesn't stop. But um, so yeah, WrestleMania was supposed to be in Tampa, Florida. Um, it was supposed to be you know in this in Raymond James Stadium, thousands and thousands of people. They moved it to the Orlando Performance Center. And no fans. And the WWE has been actually running their regularly scheduled TV shows, Raw and SmackDown, in a closed environment where they would show maybe two matches in a So I was very curious to see how they would do WrestleMania. And they did it over the course of two nights on Saturday and Sunday. And each night started with Stephanie McMahon talking about how, look, this, this is a very – um, it's unlike anything you've ever seen before, but we feel like it's our obligation to try to give you, as our fans, a sense of normalcy and just give you guys, try to put smiles on your faces and at least entertain you in some form or fashion. So both nights, they put on some an interesting show. Um, there were some matches that were almost like mini-movies. They, they put a lot of production value into it. Apparently, a lot of the episodes, like the matches and stuff, were filmed weeks ago. They, they just stockpiled it and waited. Didn't able to, um, and look, me and my kids, I was I was salivating to see just something new TV besides the news. So we thoroughly enjoyed it. And, yeah, of course, some of the matches weren't great, but I am in no, like, I won't criticize a single thing about it because I was just ecstatic to see something new. And the fact that those guys were out there performing for us was sensational. Uh, so how was it with no audience though? That was what I was curious about. Weird, weird, very weird, but I, it didn't bother me. All right. So, so full disclosure, my ex wife happened to be with the kids. So we all watched it and I've been watching raw and SmackDown, the WWE's weekly shows, like for the last like week, few weeks. So I've been watching them with no audience and I'm kind of used to it. When she, she saw the first match with no audience, she was like, holy crap, this is really strange. So it didn't affect me as much. But, like, yeah, it's it's pretty jarring to see a wrestling match with no audience because you really get a sense of how much the wrestlers feed off the crowd. But, again, some of the matches they incorporated to where it was just a regular match. And if there was just no crowd, there's just no crowd. Other matches they went, like, all over the performance center. And then other matches they made, like, little mini movies. So they... They tried to give you something different. So, for what it was, I don't know if they could have done anything better. Well, that was that was going to be my question: is is the energy of the crowd like as a you look at like how the wrestlers dealt with it? But like, how do you feel as an audience? Did it change the energy for you? I think like like the WWE Network has like every WrestleMania on it, and I think like in like two or three years when you go back and watch it, nobody's going to want to watch last year this past WrestleMania, but Everybody, I think, who watched it live these last two days or last weekend, they will feel like they've they will feel like they've got something new and something different, and finally something something used to what they were normally watching. Um, I'm glad they went ahead with the shows. I I heard the WWE like left it open to certain performers if they wanted to perform. Um, we mentioned in a few episodes way back, like Roman Reigns had uh, contracted or he's been having leukemia supposed to be in a major match but because of his condition he pulled out at the last minute and didn't perform and that's understandable 
So, I mean, yeah. like, it was it was just the guys who were willing to perform, they performed, and it was great. I mean, I, I was ecstatic to have something new to watch. So what, what happened with Gronk, exactly? He was just the host, and the host of WrestleMania doesn't really do it much. They just show up on certain segments, make some jokes. Um, there's this this goofy championship in the WWE right now called the 24-7 Championship. Which John, when you used to watch WrestleMania wrestling back in the you know late '90s, early 2000s, they had the hardcore title, which, if you remember, used to be able. It was something that had to be defended 24 hours a day. So oh, yeah, days people a week could just run up bit. to you and just attack you. And right, well, that yeah. they they've brought that back, but just not hardcore. It's just called the 24/7 title, and Gronk actually won that title this weekend. So, I mean, it was all just a joke. It was a comical thing. So, I mean, he was his typical goofy, you know. You know, Neanderthal Gronk self. Yeah. Tide Pots. <laughs> he didn't mention Tide Pots. <laughs> um, well, something else that's kind of has been new, it kind of started before this, is uh, the Clone Wars. And you and Glenn Ryan have gotten a chance to see that and kind of keep up to it. So uh, tell us what's going on in the Clone Wars. Well, Glenn, you want to take us through this so far? Yeah, so um, we had mentioned the Clone Wars had gotten to a, a point before it was it was canceled where they were doing these um kind of three and four part story arcs and we're kind of in the middle of the second of these arcs the first arc was all about the we had mentioned the bad batch which was a group of clones and um we're in the middle of uh catching up with ahsoka tano the the first episode of her her arc started right where her story ended on Clone Wars with her walking away from the Jedi Order, and it literally picks up right as she walks off and gets on her speeder and leaves. And um, her speeder crashes, and she ends up um, with this sister, this pair of sisters that are kind of scoundrelish, I guess. They live in the kind of the underbelly of Coruscant, and it's kind of like a, like a heist crew, Thing that she's in but they're these kind of young girls almost like i don't know, like birds of prey or something where mm. they're 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 going around trying to set like they're they're trying to hustle the pikes out of uh the like being spice runners and they go they went to um kessel and you know where uh the sequence in the solo movie took place and the 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 last episode kind of introduced um, Mandalorians looking for Ahsoka, so it seems like it's it's getting to uh, you know where she's going to go to Mandalore. So you know the there's lots of reports about her you know making her live action debut next season in Mandalorian, so maybe they're going to build towards that. It's like I said, we're kind of in the middle of the story with her right now. Well, the I, from what I understand, that's true. Like like. She's cast. Rosaria Dawson is going to be in The Mandalorian next season. Uh, the thing that I heard was kind of a rumor is that uh, Kanan Jarrus is supposed to be making an appearance on The Mandalorian, probably as a Force ghost, I'd have to guess. I mean, he's not alive during that period. But. Right, yeah. Um, also, there's rumors that um, they're trying to cast Sabine, which would make sense since she yeah. is a Mandalorian. I also so, heard something uh, about Ezra. I mean – Timeline-wise, if it took place after they found him, I could see that, but nothing, none of that's official. That's all yeah. tabloid conjecture. Well, so I started I started watching Rebels, and uh, I have a quick question. Um, is it just me, or is Kanan the worst Jedi of all time? Well, he's uh, he. I mean, he when Order sixty six happened, he was a Padawan, so he's kind of he hasn't learned a whole lot. <laughs> I guess that's true. He's not actually officially, maybe not even completely trained. There, there's actually a really awesome comic book about his backstory. Yeah, I just, I found it interesting. Like he can never beat the. And I've only finished season one, and I just started season two. And I just, he can never beat the Inquisitor. He struggles so much with training, and I don't know. He just seems like he's Moody of Star Wars Rebels. Yeah, but I mean, it's because he wasn't finished training, so he's just basically training Ezra with what he knows, which isn't a lot. Yeah, well, wait, I mean, wait, you till, guys wait till you get the whole series. Yeah, wait till you get a little farther in. There's some pretty cool stuff, especially when Maul, Darth Maul gets introduced. Okay. 
Yeah. But um, uh, from the Star Wars to the Trek. Uh, but Glenn, my opinion so far of the. Go ahead. No, sorry. Go ahead, Greg. I was I was going to be uh, pivoting to Picard, but what was your what was your statement? I I, I don't know. Like uh, the way Glenn set up Clone Wars was 100% accurate, but uh, I feel like each arc so far has gone on like an episode too long. So are they, I see um, that it's, it's 12 episodes this really season. Is it, is it there, is it going to be three, four episode arcs or four, three episode arcs? Are they four episodes long each arc? Or? They, I mean, they really haven't said okay. the, like the, the, the episodes. So it's hard to, it's hard to say. That's okay. what I'm saying. Like I, 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 I don't know. It's like, cherish these episodes. So like, I don't know if it was this last episode or the one before that with uh, Ahsoka, where I was just, I felt like it was kind of pointless. And uh, I don't want to waste episodes when there's not many left. I mean, this past episode had some kind of interesting things with um, kind of like the Jedi and collateral damage and stuff with uh, with her little crew. But um, yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah. But um. It's cool seeing Ahsoka back and seeing exactly how she transitions to her role and you know where she ends up with in, in Rebels. So, uh, Picard finished its first ten episode season, and we got to finally get to the end of it. And uh, some interesting stuff happened, and Glenn and I got to see it. Yes, so we Glenn, did. Um, we do, we don't really want to spoil it for Ryan, but. Uh, let me just kind of ask you this one question. Were you satisfied with the story kind of – were the things you were wondering about answered to your satisfaction? Pretty much. I mean it definitely ended the season, um, but it left some little plot holes dangling for season two, which I guess is what any good series should do. Um, I, I, I liked the resolution with um, the synthetics. I won't go into any, any yeah. farther than that. Um, but yeah, I, I, I was quite satisfied. Um, I, I still don't understand the hate that a lot of people have to this show, but, um, have they, they greenlit season two? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. It has been greenlit. And the only thing that they, we really know about it is Whoopi Goldberg is going to be in it. Yeah. Oh, thank God. But, now, um, I'll kind of like. Again, without getting into too many spoilers, I think we kind of get some answers to a lot of the Borg stuff, a lot of the synthetic stuff. And uh, you and I have talked about it a bit, but there's a, a couple of really moments that, that got me in a way I, I, I didn't expect. But after they happened, I was very, very pleased with. Right. No, I, I know exactly I know exactly what you mean, Some, uh, especially for fans of uh, Next Generation, some, some really some things we've been waiting to see. Now, there was a couple of things, especially in the last episode, that I think they were setting up season two, but kind of came out of nowhere for me um, with where they're putting certain characters. It was I was kind of like, OK, well, I, I guess it makes sense, but let's see where they go. Yeah. Um, but I'm kind of curious to see. Uh, they Do you feel like a lot of people are saying that they kind of redeemed Nemesis with this? I mean, yeah, I can see that. I wouldn't say. Redeem, I guess, isn't the best word. I, um, I like Nemesis. I enjoyed Nemesis too. It's just I, I'm glad that they embraced it because it's universally not loved, like a lot of the other ones. But they didn't shy away from it, and I, I, I mean, I just like it how it just picked up later. And they had some kind of plot threads that had been left over from the finale of Next Generation with um, with. With Picard in particular, that I thought was interesting. Um, so you guys are the, the Star Trek experts, but in my opinion, I think Insurrection was the worst Star Trek movie of the I, new I would ones. I completely the- agree. Okay. Um, I don't know if I'd completely agree, just because if you look what would at you the, say, what would you say is the worst Next Generation Star Trek movie? I think I would actually say, I'd say Nemesis is the weakest one, but I still enjoyed really? it. Really? Yeah. Wow. The Surprise. The- Edward Nemesis was that they tried to cram too many things in it, like the the Argo, yeah. and the, the, that, that kind of stuff. Yeah. It, it almost felt like they were setting up stuff to, to like like an X Men: The Last Stand, where like every choice that they made, they had a way of kind of getting around it. Um, it almost felt like Nemesis could have been like the first Star Trek Next Generation movie, building into other stuff in a little bit, just because they, they it was broken up into different sections like that, like you're talking about. 
Like, I think Nemesis kind of suffered from a couple of things that Spider-Man 3 kind of did, where there was a lot of studio interference. and Yeah, I could see that. I don't know. It was like they, they wanted to end it, but, you know, I think the Paramount might have wanted to end it, but then, I don't know, the actors and the writers didn't know that at first, so they had to cram some resolution in. I don't, it was just, it was a lot of pacing stuff. Now, Nemesis, I thought some of the ship designs were amazing, some of the best in the movies, but... um. Like I said, there's a lot of things that I really like about it, but uh, I mean, I, I think it, I don't know, in my opinion, it's the weakest. I, I actually have a spot, soft spot in my heart for Insurrection just because, I mean, the movies are always so, like, so grand, and I just kind of, it made me feel like a two-episode part of the, like, episode of the show, and it made me remember how much I enjoyed the show. So I that's can why see I that, because that's why I like I remember, I remember thinking when I saw Insurrection, it felt like an episode of the show. And it just it just kind of reminded me how much I like the show. Now, had Nemesis been directed by Jonathan Frakes, maybe we wouldn't have had these issues. But apparently, he he turned it down. I've recently found out. What else he had to do? Uh, lots of librarian movies. I mean, he was starring he those in some <coughs> librarian movie. Yeah, he did. Wow. And he lots of chairs needed mounting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm very okay, one thing I'll say about Picard is I'm very upset that we not, didn't get to see that man mount a chair. Yet. Why it has, as I'm saying the first scene <laughs> he's getting old. I'm not able to do it. But it's funny when you see him standing next to Patrick Stewart, you can see how tall he is. Yeah. He, he puts his arm around Patrick Stewart and you're like, Oh, look at how little he is. Yeah. Um well, we kind of need to talk about uh, sort of the main event. And what I mean by that is uh, we're going to talk to you about a show that's kind of taking the internet by storm. Glenn has not watched this show. Yeah, um, so I'm, I'm going to get on it. We're going we're gonna to let him – to do our in-depth analysis of this, we're going to let him kind of watch it. Um, but we wanted to we, – we cannot let an episode go back. We wouldn't be doing our, our listeners justice if we didn't discuss the phenomenon that is Tiger King. On Netflix, and that's exactly what it is. It's a phenomenon, a phenomenal phenomenon. <laughs> now we were having a pre-show conversation about this, but one of the things is, uh, I have a guy at work who's like dead set against the show and and everything that it is because he's like, oh, it's everything that's wrong with America, and I I think it's that's the reason we need to see it. It's kind of like when in Don't Fuck with Catch, she says, you know, the question is, are we giving him what he wants by talking about it? Or you need to kind of know that these people are out there. Yeah. And but the, it, it's the entire series, Glenn, is basically progressively more ridiculous egos. <laughs> well, I remember watching John Oliver and seeing his campaign commercials back in 2016. They yeah. actually had that campaign commercial in the show. <laughs> well, the funny thing about this was was John sent like a message to all of us, like right when this whole coronavirus thing started and we were all about to go into quarantine. And you were said you were going to watch this thing on Tiger King on Netflix. And I had never heard of it until that message. I had neither. I just saw a little thing about it. I was like, this looks crazy. I think I might have to watch this. And I, I knew nothing about it. And I was like, well, if John's going to watch it, I got the fuck else I got to do. So I put it on and my ex-wife happened to be around that day. And she was watching it. Watching. I'm like, Something John said I should check out, and I mean, I could not stop. It was amazing. It was the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it, it's just like, it, as soon as you think, like, it can't get any crazier, it just goes to another level every single episode. And, I mean, it's just, it's like a car wreck that just, the cars just keep piling up, and you cannot stop watching it. <laughs> it's the With end Tigers. of the Blues Brothers. <laughs> Kind of. Yeah. Well, for me, I, I was telling John, I, all I saw was there was a meme uh, online that was like, uh, if you rub a bottle of Mountain Dew, this is the genie that pops out. And it was Joe Exotic. And that's I, I didn't know that this I thought it was just like a joke. I'm like, oh, that's very funny. And I didn't know that that was an actual person. And when I watched this, oh, my God, this friggin my parents have oh. we watched all like five of them in a row. 
and then we had to finish the the other three when when Heather got back here. But like it was it was crazy. So I think I mean I talked to you guys about this, and I think we all agree that Carol asking in our opinion. But my sister actually watched like she I don't know like I when when I first, when my sister first asked me about it, she was kind of sympathetic to Carol's plight, and I was like, "Are you crazy?" So I mean, like, um, what do y'all think about like well, Carol? Is she, is she the villain? Um, it's honestly, I think they're all villains. They're all yeah. They're all there's no it's like, hero. It's like payback. There's no hero in this show. Yeah, it, it's Carol is basically doing the same thing that Joe is doing, but she has a different face paint. She's still got tigers in cages. She's still, you know. Yeah. All about her pre- like she she makes money off of this. Yeah. Look at those look at the volunteer shit. You want to talk about you know something being like Scientology? She is definitely like that. She has people that are working for her for free, six hour, eight hour days. It's like a cult. And you know the difference. At least Joe's honest about it. He's gonna take that that fucked up Walmart meat and feed people with it, but make it a pizza. But yeah, yeah it's, it's like uh, if you encapsulate Joe Exotic. And just take him out of the show and show him to people, and you tell people he's sort of like the hero of the show. They'll think you're you're mentally insane. Tell you look at all the other characters that are in, like like his like Jeff Lowe, yeah, and and Carol. It's like Joe is probably the lesser of all of these psychotic people. I don't know about that. I, I guarantee you that fucking fire was his fault. He did it himself. I yeah, yeah I kind of think you might be right there. Yeah, and this, the wardrobes, the war, the wardrobe changes are amazing. Yeah, oh, yeah. John, John, I, I would third. say if there is a hero, it's the long-haired blonde guy who works for Joe. I can't remember his name. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. I can't remember his so, name either. Someone he's, said Eckhart should play him. He's yeah. the guy who, when they asked him how many wives Doc Antle has, he just says, "I don't give a fuck." <laughs> yeah. So if you're out there and you have not watched this, climb out of your bubble and watch it immediately. Well, we're going to watch it this week. <laughs> it's it's seven forty five minute episodes that you're going to fly through. Okay. Fly through. Um. And speaking I'm, I, of, I might watch them tonight. <laughs> you gonna rewatch it? I, I've already rewatched it once. I might do it again. That's kind of amazing, Ryan. I'm proud of you. <laughs> um, that could be your legacy. And speaking of legacies, let's talk about the Skywalker legacy, which is a feature on the Blu-ray, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, correct. The Rise of Skywalker Blu-ray. Yeah. Now, you guys, you guys bought this like, did that come out before we got into quarantine, or is that? No, it came out this past Tuesday. This past and Glenn Tuesday. and I both did the same thing. We just ordered from Best Buy, and you just walk up. It's like it's like Walmart grocery pickup. You just pull okay. up and. And you just check in that you're there, you did. and they, they bring it out to you and throw it in your window. Yeah, because so, I, I, kind of, I like, want to see a copy of it. Yeah. I, I didn't order it online, so could you just walk up and go in the store and get it? No, you have to buy and pay for it on that uh, on that internet. Yeah. Okay. And then yeah, they'll text they'll they'll send you an email when it's ready. And yeah, well, John's right. You would, just would you, you just check in that you're question. here. Would you happen to know like like? For example, if you're in the house and bored, like, could you just go on Best Buy and buy like, you know, a bunch of random movies and then pull up and be able to get them? Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. yeah. Anything they've got in stock, it, it, you just make sure when you go on the Best Buy app, there's a little thing where you can search for stuff and you you can pick your store and there's a little th- button you can check off that says in stock at this location. So it like it'll just delete everything that's not in stock at that location and then you can just buy whatever you want and go pick it up. I think that's I think that's something people don't really know about right now. Like there are places yeah. like Best Buy that you can do shit like that because I didn't know about that actually. Yeah, and I mean I did it actually the first time because um I was my wife is working from home and she needed like a little area set up um where she could work from home and we needed a new surge protector and we needed she has a bulletin board at work where she's got all kind of different notes and stuff and she needed to have one here so she could put all of her little you know you know different phone numbers for all these different people and um. Best Buy was able to give me the surge protector, and Office Depot did the exact same thing with the, the bulletin board. I just pulled up at Office Depot, and they just came out and stuck it in my trunk. That was it. Yeah, and then actually, yes, uh, I got the um, Rise of Skywalker art art book, and uh, Barnes & Noble did the same thing. Cool. So what did you think about this documentary? 
It was amazing. It was very well done. Yeah, I mean, it's a feature length. It's over two hours. And, um, I mean, it goes back through the the classic movies. There's not a whole lot of prequel stuff. Yeah, um, there's, there's some, a little bit. There's some. But, I mean, it's all about them making this movie and them tying it into all the rest of the movies. So there's a lot of, like, old old footage and stuff. and Some stuff I hadn't seen before, which was yeah. hilarious. With Harrison Ford trying to say some certain lines in the first one, and he kept he couldn't say it. Yeah. Just because, yeah, he was like, <laughs> how, what's his famous thing? George, you could write this shit, but try saying it. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, there's a lot of stuff with, like, young Carrie Fisher and... The stuff with Billy Lord was amazing, the way that she, you know, helped close the Leia character. Um, Glenn, but it was – pardon me? Did you get the steel book? Yes, I did. I'm looking at it right now. That looks pretty fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah I got it. <laughs> it's, but, I just um, got the regular one. I didn't get the steel book just because it was, it's the 4K. Thing. I mean I don't have 4K, and it was a bunch more money. But, but um, I mean there's some really cool stuff in this – like, I, I really liked all the stuff when they were interviewing Adam Driver, and he was talking about how protective he was of Kylo Ren and how much he was involved in it. And um, one thing that really impressed me was one of my absolute favorite scenes in the movie is when um, Poe is kind of – well, spoilers for Rise of Skywalker, but uh, <laughs> Poe's kneeling by um, – after he finds out Leia's died – and he's got that moment where he talks with Lando, where he's like, how did you win? And Lando, you know, we had each other kind of thing. That was all Oscar Isaac's idea to have that scene in the movie. And I thought that was really cool. But um, it's a really good documentary, I will yeah. say. So. Yeah, and there's a, there's a lot of really good, cool, that whole big cool scene with John Williams, too. Oh, yeah. How, yeah there's a... Um, yeah, the the scene where they they showed when they showed him all the little nods to all of his Oscar nominations. Yeah, like you yeah. know how he's y'all right? Remember the scene where you see him? He's like the bartender when they go look for Babu Frick. Y'all remember seeing him in the movie? Yeah. Well, like apparently J.J. Abrams, which you don't really see because it all happens so fast, is J.J. Abrams has something in that scene, like on behind him or something. That's a representation of every one of the 51 Oscar nominated movies that he's been nominated for there. There's like, um, I mean, there's like a, a metal looking whip from Indiana Jones. There was, um, there was the a iron hook. from home alone, a hook from hook. I mean, it was like, was it was saving it was private really Ryan. Cool. There were like dog tags. There were some dog tags. Yeah. It was, it's really was cool. Even, was it the, the book thief? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that was, that was really cool. All right. I liked it when they they told they asked him why he did it, and he said when he mentioned it to his wife, she said, "I think that's really that's cooler than you scoring the movie is going and appearing in." It. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it's cool. Good documentary. Yeah. Uh, one of the things we wanted to talk about is since we're kind of trying to find things to do and fill our day with, uh, some of the the streaming services or different uh, outlets of, you know. They're offering either deals or trials that have been kind of extended out. So there's a lot of different things that we've kind of seen. So, gentlemen, what are some of the things that you guys have seen that people are kind of offering as a cool thing to do? Mm. I mean, well, uh, I mean, Disney's putting hey. lots of stuff on Disney Plus. They, they just they they put all yeah, word on uh, there. And Artemis Fowl is not going to be released in theaters at all. Like they're going straight to Disney Plus with that, right? Yeah. And the two Disney nature films, those open, I think, yesterday. One's narrated by Meghan Markle, and the other one's narrated by Natalie Portman. Yeah, so th- dolphins and, and penguins, or? Elephants and dolphins. Okay. <laughs> um, there's, that a, would... a, there's a whole bunch of streams that are uh, <laughs> now. Uh, Epics, for example, you have free access until May 2nd. There's no subscription required. I know you can do it on Apple TV. Glenn, you said you can do it on YouTube as well. YouTube TV, that's right. Um, Arrow Video Direct TV as well. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, Arrow Video Channel, which I've never heard of them before, has a one-month trial for new subscribers. History Channel Vault, Lifetime Movie Club, and Becky. Uh, I don't know what that is. PBS Living, Showtime, Acorn TV, Smithsonian Channel Plus, and uh, A&E are all 
one month free trials, and then after it, you have their subscription price. And, and I, saw- I don't know. If, uh, there's another channel that I've actually, when I'm flipping channels, sometimes I actually sometimes find something I want to watch because the History Channel is not what it used to be. There's the American Heroes Channel that shows all the World War II stuff and all that. And, and, and I, I've free. I've been watching that channel a bunch too. So that's another channel that they give us. And I uh, saw so, um, HBO released like was it a hundred hours worth of free programming that anyone could watch? Yeah, yeah I've it's, heard that. Wire, it's all the Sopranos. It's all the Wire. Sopranos, it's Veep and Barry. Some movies. Yeah. 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 And I saw J.K. Rowling, who I actually just read just now that she's actually just recovering from COVID nineteen symptoms. So apparently she had it. Uh, oh. Or well, I don't know if it's been official that she had it. But anyway, she launched uh, something called Harry Potter at Home which it brings together a number of resources related to the international franchise, including free access to the audiobook version of the first installment and all kinds of stuff for kids to do at home while they're off. And I saw she's also like um, given a whole bunch of like free licensing stuff for her books to teachers. So the teachers can use the Harry Potter books if they want to have include that in, in any of their lesson plans or anything free of charge. Yeah. And I saw a lot of celebrities are doing just like, little concerts in their house like yeah i mentioned Catherine mcphee she's been singing a lot and, um i don't know there's lots of people are just i guess trying to entertain yeah. people well last weekend they had a thing on it was called um it was iheart radio did it but it was called iheart living room special i don't know if you saw anything with that elton oh. john hosted it yeah i was about to was say like, didn't elton john put that on yeah, and it was uh, it was just all these different uh, artists that were just they would all just kind of perform one song like from their living room or some of them that have you know little studios in their houses. Billy Joe Armstrong did one from Green Day. The Backstreet Boys they they put it together somehow and all five of them they recorded a uh, I forget which song it was I think was it I want it that way maybe and they all recorded it was it from, I want it that way and yeah it was and beautiful. they uh, yeah and it was awesome they all <laughs> kind of did it from their own their own homes and they kind of pieced it all together. Um, I saw, uh, I think New Kids on the Block are doing a little concert tomorrow on Facebook Live. Oh, God. Fuck that guy. Fuck those guys. And then, um, oh, and then uh, Wizard World, they're doing um, on, yeah. an online convention. Yeah, they, they do uh, online experiences where you can kind of get with different cast members of different shows. Right. Uh, also an app called Bands in Town, and they're doing live concerts as well. I think they have, uh, like, uh, Jack, the former Jack's Mannequin members are doing a concert. They're, uh, John McLaughlin, a couple of different ones. Miley Cyrus did one last week, which was, was uh, kind of interesting. But, yeah, you can basically just go and watch these concerts for free. Yeah. So, that's our, our life in quarantine. Yeah. Well, I feel like I should be pushing a button every 108 minutes. There you yeah. go. Um, we had a couple of people that we've lost since we've been off the air uh, that we kind of wanted to talk about. Uh, one today uh, that happened, it, it, it's kind of – what's that? Pussy. Pussy. Oh, yeah, pussy galore. Honor Blackman. Honor Blackman. <laughs> Which – so first of all, both of her names are amazing. The character's name and in real life. She could have used her name Honor Blackman as a fucking you know, Bond, a Bond girl. Yeah, but uh, I think one of the more memorable Bond girls in the entire franchise. It's the best Bond name character of all time. I don't know. Holly Goodhead was pretty epic. That that is pretty. <laughs> that, that is pretty good. But I, I like Zenya. Zenya on the top was pretty good too. Yeah. And then let's not just forget Octopussy. I mean, come on. <laughs> Christmas Jones. Um, <laughs> yeah, she was she was ninety four, and that's uh, insane. It, it is it's crazy to think. Um, we also lost uh, and Ryan did not know shame on him. Shame uh, did not know who David Schramm was. He played uh, TV's Roy Biggins on Wings. On, on Wings. wings. Yeah. That, that's still something I'll I'll put on if I'm looking for something to kind of put on in the background. Mm-hmm. Something that was just such a a delightful little show. Yeah, that not a lot of people remember, but it was so fun. It was great. He and was the uh, owner of Aeromass Airlines. Yeah. So Tom Dempsey, we lost. Oh Famous yeah, Tom New Orleans yeah. place kicker. Oh yeah, forgot about that. Yeah. 
And uh, yep. we also two two COVID nineteen from complications of COVID nineteen. We also lost Adam Schlesinger, who was the lead singer of Fountains of Wayne. And uh, and going through and preparing for this, we learned there's a lot of other things that we had no idea he was responsible for. Yeah, he 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 did all the music for that thing you do. And what else was it? In music and lyrics. Yeah, music and lyrics. He was a writer on Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Um, and, uh, and what was it Crazy Ex Girlfriend? He did yeah. all the music to that. Yeah. So, oh. yeah, that's a it's it's really sad situation. It is. Yeah. Um, well, moving on to nominating and deciding on this week's awesome villager, gentlemen, who are your nominees and why? I'm gonna nominate John Krasinski just because with all the negative stuff that's been going on, he's been doing this little this little show that he's kind of putting on on uh, YouTube that's called Some Good News, and he basically just likes to highlight like positive things that people are doing. Kind of like what we just did, all the you know the free stuff, but just like just good things, good deeds that people are doing, and um just kind of like little funny stuff, just to kind of lighten the lighten the mood. And I think he's doing a really good job with that. And John Krasinski is just awesome all around, anyway. So yeah, uh, I'll nominate uh, the Undertaker from the WWE. Um, he took part in a match that was called a Boneyard match, and Boneyard. this past week. Yeah, just this past week at WrestleMania. And the only way I could describe it is if you could imagine, like, the cheesiest B-movie with real people. And it was quite hilarious and funny. And I guess if you watched it by yourself, you may not have the same reaction as to me sitting with my two kids watching it. And they were just, like, laughing and, like, so into it because we just... The, the normal WWE stuff or just really sports in general, we haven't been able to see. So, you know, I, I salute the WWE for giving me some escape this weekend and something for my kids to look forward to. So I'm going to pick The Undertaker. Okay, I guess I'll go next. Um, I'm going to nominate Jimmy Fallon because y'all are talking about escape and he's been keeping The Tonight Show going, um, the home edition. He's just recording it at his house and doing – uh, Zoom interviews with with different people and and I I think that it's important to keep some sort of normalcy and the fact that the, ton, the Tonight Show is still on with him, you know, telling jokes and stuff during this whole it, it's pretty cool. And uh, I'm going to nominate Patrick Stewart uh, first of all uh, first off because of his performance in Picard, but also uh, he's been similarly trying to find something to do. So he's been reading Shakespeare sonnets every day on uh, Facebook and Instagram. And uh, it's kind of funny to hear his take on which ones are his favorite. There was one of them he actually skipped because he says, I don't like it. So <laughs> it's just been kind of funny hearing that voice and being reassured by it every day. Nice. So, gentlemen, if you have to vote for someone other than your own, who would it be? I honestly – I think I might actually vote for The Undertaker just because – I don't know. I've always had kind of a lot of respect for him. He doesn't, you know, do a lot of other stuff like, you know, like Dwayne Johnson moved over, you know, and John Cena moved over to movies and stuff. But I mean, I know how much physical toll wrestling takes on people, like any kind of full contact sport like that. And he's been, I mean, Ryan, has it been? It's been more than thirty years he's been active, isn't it? He's. We actually, we actually looked it up. He's fifty-five years old. Okay. Fifty-five he's years old. Looked it up. He's fifty-five. But like, didn't he, didn't he start years wrestling old. in the in like in the eighties? In the late 80s, yes. So it's been I mean, over just, almost. And, so 55. Yeah. What's that like, 87 in wrestler years? <laughs> Pretty much. And, I mean, he doesn't seem like he's slowing down much. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you, you should watch him watch a lot more than that. You should watch. I mean, he has slowed down. But the way they did this match, it's like a movie, and it's pretty hilarious. Okay. Cool. Um. If I had to go with somebody, I'd probably go with Patrick Stewart. Um, I didn't finish Picard. Uh, I think I saw like the first four episodes, maybe five. When I when I, I, I the last thing I saw was seven or nine showed up. But um, Picard's performance is is fantastic, and I love Patrick Stewart, so I, I would go with Patrick Stewart. And uh, I would go with John Krasinski just because I I never count the man down. Uh, but also exactly what John said. I I saw that he got Steve Carell back. Uh, for along with Steve Carell's wife to focus on positive things. Uh, that's kind of what I think is, is needed right now. A lot of humor and, and uh, escape part of it is just kind of finding out what, what good is going on in the world right now. And I think I'd go with John Krasinski too, for everything Greg just said. 
There Plus it he's, is. He, he's Halpert. I mean, how can you he's not Halpert. like him? Yeah. Um, so, John Krasinski, is this a second-time win for him? No, nah, it's not only that. He was the former Austin awesome Villager of the Year. Of the Year, yeah. he was. That's right. That's pretty awesome. He just keeps doing awesome things. <laughs> Ever since I challenged him. <laughs> that's right. That's, that's right, Ryan. You're responsible for it. I All will right. take credit uh, for his success in his career. <laughs> you threw the challenge down, and he he did not bow go away. And Ryan, I mean, since we're all you know on lockdown like this, that this mother- is the perfect time for you to watch The Office. By the way, yeah, you should watch The Office, Ryan. It's yeah. actually for sale for twenty nine dollars right now. Brzezinski owes me his fucking career at this point. That's right. <laughs> he would be nothing without you. That's right. He did not go quietly into the night. <laughs> well. uh <laughs> Well, guys, that's going to probably do it for us here uh, for this week. Thank you guys for uh, bearing with us through this time and uh, allowing us to kind of come by and entertain you. Please remember to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, Please give us some feedback. How did this go? What do you guys think? Uh, You want more content? We've got a couple of ideas for maybe doing some extra episodes for you guys since we have a lot of time on our hand, maybe adding some video to it. Uh, So you guys let us know what you think. Uh, Yeah. We're going to. To go around and uh, you guys just uh, say your goodbyes. We have. Well, bye. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to do without being able to point at you. Just say this our name. This is Ryan. Have a good one. <laughs> this is John. Goodbye. <laughs> My name is Glenn. See ya. <laughs> and this has been Greg. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you. All right.